Welcome to the Wellness Wave Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Locke, and my goal is to help you help yourself unlock your full potential for receiving abundance and success. Every Monday, jumpstart your week by empowering yourself with knowledge and advice about wellness and personal growth, biohacking and habit stacking, manifestation and nervous system regulation, and so much more. And remember that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Wellness is a lifestyle and a movement to create a world full of people who feel safe, strong, and loved. And practicing good wellness habits can have a ripple effect on those you surround yourself with. So with that, let's create waves. Hello, hello, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the pod. I'm really excited for today's episode because we have made it to episode 10. I feel like that is worth celebrating. I don't know about you guys. I am feeling so good today, but not gonna lie, just a few minutes ago, I was feeling really bad. And don't you worry your pretty little head because we are going to get all deep into that-ish in this episode. But before we do that, I just wanna throw out, I feel so grateful for this little community. It is small but mighty. It is not very large yet, but I feel really confident that this is just going to keep expanding and growing. And I just feel so blessed and happy that I'm able to make an impact in some people's lives, even if it's just like a couple people. If you know who you are, you know who you are, because I, you know, if chances are that if you're listening to this consistently, we've had little conversations on Instagram and whatnot, and those conversations mean the world to me. So shout out to the regulars. <laughs> Since we've made it to episode 10, I feel it's necessary we do some upgrades here. So I'm going to introduce a new segment called Spill the Tea because I'm always making messes, but it's okay because I am really good at cleaning up after myself. LOL. So in this little segment, I'm going to share what's been new in my life, what kind of routine maintenance that I'm doing to clean up after myself, what kind of self-care, you know, those kinds of vibes, and just what is getting me so excited that I literally shake and spill the tea everywhere. Ha ha ha. Okay, but for real, I just launched my Depop shop, which is really exciting, but because of that, I've been working on figuring out a system for storing my inventory and keeping track of all of the clothes and not leaving clothes, like piles of clothes, just all over our apartment because that kind of overwhelms me visually. And I think it's really important to create an environment that promotes visual peace, especially for those of us empaths out there, which I'm sure many of the people listening to this podcast are and you know, we're just constantly absorbing energy from our environment. So even if you're not like, quote unquote, you wouldn't describe yourself as an empath, it's subtly affecting you in ways that you may not even realize. So keeping our spaces clean and beautiful and in a way that really resonates with our spirit and our creative energy is really important. And I feel like I did that this week because I have been getting really into Facebook Marketplace. You guys, I was sleeping on Facebook Marketplace. I just picked up these two amazing mid-century modern Seska style boucle upholstered chairs with a wicker back. They are the coolest thing ever. Shout out to Alexis, I believe her name was, who gave them to me. Um, or not gave them, but you know, sold them to me. Uh, they were really cool. And 
I am just really excited about those chairs and they kind of inspired this whole like rearranging of my living room and I have some space for different phases of my Depop inventory, whether it's something that I've bought but haven't put on my sh- or put in my shop and done the listing for yet or if it's something that I've done the listing for but is just waiting to be sold or if it's something that you know I've done the listing for but I need to wash it, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel really good about that and I've just been working on emphasizing the negative space in my apartment which basically means space where there's just not any furniture or not any clutter that's something that I've kind of struggled with before I feel like I I just will like keep buying furniture and buying new things and just finding new places for it but it's finally starting to feel really intentional in my apartment which I love and feels really good to to say I love it super exciting. So that's how I cared for myself and my space this week. And end spill the tea segment. We are now a solid week into November. So I would recommend if you set goals for yourself at the beginning of this month, you go ahead and revisit them, see where you're at, what kind of progress you made, where you can rearrange a little bit to set yourself up for success in the rest of this month and the rest of the year. But also, being in November means that Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and that reminds us of how important gratitude and being thankful for all the blessings we have in our lives is. Obviously, Thanksgiving, the history was founded, uh, it's a little sketchy, but (laughs) the message still rings loud and clear of this idea of gratitude and how we should celebrate all of our blessings. So if you're indigenous to the Americas, I really apologize for the fact that this holiday was founded the way that it was, but not, again, not really the point of this episode, so hopefully we can just look past that. What I really want to talk about in this episode is how it's important that we cultivate a gratitude practice, not just during the holiday season, but throughout our entire lives. There is cold, hard evidence and science that is showing Gratitude can have a major impact on our health, both physical and emotional, and of course, spiritual too, if that is your vibe. I want to set a scene for you guys, paint a little picture, because as I mentioned already, I was not feeling super great literally like 20 minutes ago. I was on the floor in my living room, just kind of yelling at the universe, being like, why are you doing this to me? And I know the answers. I'm going to tell you why. But first, like I said, got to paint a picture. So as I have talked about in this podcast before, I struggle with anxiety and chronic stress. And that often translates to chronic pain, chronic tension all in my body. This is something that if you Google chronic stress or anxiety or muscle tension, you can pretty quickly see that they're all very deeply interconnected. From a holistic perspective, chronic stress leads to chronic inflammation, which leads to chronic disease, either emotional or physical, and that cycle continues. So we're really working here on breaking this cycle, rewiring our mindsets towards pain and towards stress and working to see them as something that are, you know, tools to benefit us and to tell us what we need instead of seeing them as the villain and getting stuck in that the doom spiral or the catastrophic thinking. A little warning really quick. I'm about to get kind of TMI. I don't really 
think it's TMI because I think that these kinds of conversations should be very open and we should talk about them regularly in our society in a way that is not weird, but I'm going to talk about the downstairs. (laughs) So I frequently deal with flare-ups of a condition called a a hypertonic pelvic floor. Now, if you don't know what your pelvic floor is, it is the group of muscles that are sort of a hammock or little bowl shape that connect your tailbone and your pelvis, and they essentially hold up all of your organs. So they have a pretty big responsibility, a pretty big task, and they also are kind of interwoven into your reproductive organs, your bladder, and your intestines. Very intimate, very personal area. So what can happen when you're holding tension either in these muscles specifically or if you're constantly squeezing your glutes, constantly sucking your belly in to hold your abdomen in and look quote-unquote skinnier or, you know, just there are so many things that can contribute. But essentially, your pelvic floor can get stuck in a hypertonic or a tensed state and your nervous system sort of memorizes this state and you can start to develop pain because of compression on the nerves because your muscles are not meant to operate that way. You're not supposed to constantly be engaging your muscles. Imagine if you were at the gym like lifting a weight and you had your bicep engaged for hours or for like days you would, your arm would literally fall off. (laughs) And it's kind of the same boat with the pelvic floor. So I, you know, let's go back a couple of years. A few summers ago, I developed this pain. It basically felt like a chronic UTI. And if you've had a UTI, you know, it is one of the most miserable things that you can experience. At least for me personally, I've dealt with a lot of pain throughout my body. And I still, every time, Every time I have one of these flare-ups, I am like, I would literally take anything over this. And this is uh, something that a lot of women postpartum deal with, as you can imagine, because that area has gone through a lot of trauma and due to giving birth and getting ripped open. It's quite graphic, you know, but this can happen to anybody at any point of their life. So again, I was dealing with these issues for several months. I kept going to the gynecologist. It was something that was still very new and not talked about, not really known. It's finally starting to pick up a little bit, and I'm so grateful for that. Part of the reason being because of people like my beautiful older sister, who is the person who told me because she had just graduated from physical therapy school, and she knew some people who were in who were specializing in the field of pelvic health and she was on a track on track to do that herself and now she has her own pelvic floor physical therapy business it's amazing it's calm calm pelvic health so check her out she if you're having any sort of issues like this also these issues can like if you're having any sort of like bowel problems bladder problems or reproductive organ problems also women or men like anybody can have this this problem so if you're having issues down there and you don't get an explanation or you keep being told that you have UTIs but then you don't actually have UTIs then this is something for you to look into anyways my sister finally directed me to this uh one of her friends and that finally started helping it was a slow process towards healing because again you have to really retrain the nervous system Um, and you have to do like, you know, it involves like stretches, breath work, and then eventually you get into strengthening because those muscles have become so weak. Oh, one thing, if you're having these kinds of symptoms, 
Kegels are not necessarily the answer for you. So don't just start doing Kegels if you're having pain down there, okay? But I was stuck in this place for several months where I did not know what was going on. I was really scared because, again, obviously this is a very intimate part of the body. It's one of the major detoxification pathways besides besides sweat and your breath, like your urine and your bowel movements are the main way that the body gets rid of waste. So it's, there's just a, you know, a lot to take into consideration down there. And again, it's holding up all of your organs. Also the womb and that area is like the powerhouse of creation. So for me personally, when I was having the pain down there, it just felt like a huge blockage in my whole life. I was so scared that I wasn't going to be able to have kids one day or that I was going to have to have, you know, some like serious major course of antibiotics or that I would have to have some sort of surgery or like, you know, just catastrophizing, going into that doom spiral, worst case scenario, feeling like I wasn't ever going to be able to have like sexual intimacy with my partner ever again because it was too painful those kinds of things were just occupying my mind and like when I was having the flare-ups they would kind of like get worse and then get better and get worse and get better and that was so confusing and frustrating to me because I would think that I had gotten past it and then it would come back and so I was just feeling so anxious again that chronic tension was not going away because I didn't realize that was the problem and I didn't realize that there were things that I could do to make it better. So I went to see this pelvic floor physical therapist. She helped me so much. It was a slow and steady process. But as I always like to say, slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. But that period of time in my life, I would say was the start of me having serious anxiety. I'd always struggled with anxiety and depression before that, but this was the period of time when I started having real physical visceral panic attacks. And that was when I was 21, 22 years old, and I'm 24 now. So a couple years ago. And since then, it's been quite the journey. I feel like I've grown more than I ever have, you know, emotionally and spiritually, But there have also been a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges that I've had to overcome in order to get to the place I am now. So after a few months of pelvic floor physical therapy, after a previous few months of dealing with these issues and not knowing what was going on, I finally found relief. I finally got back to baseline and felt like I was making a lot of progress. I was able to be intimate with my partner again, which felt really good. He had been so supportive through the whole situation. But at the same time, obviously, you want to be able to have that level of closeness with your partner. It's not the most important part of a relationship by any means, but it is an important part. And I I was feeling a lot of guilt and anxiety just around the fact that I couldn't you know, please my partner in that way. Not that he was by any means making me feel that way, but it was just a pressure I was placing on myself because of traumas from previous relationships where that was my value. My worth was in what kind of like favors I did for my partner. (laughs) So that was my own blockage, my own trauma I needed to work through. But anyways, I was feeling a lot better. And since then, I have had a few flare-ups, and they last a couple of weeks, I have noticed, interestingly, that they always occur right after a period of me being sick 
or really stressed, but typically typically after I've been unwell is when I notice them most frequently. And I find that really interesting because obviously the body is under a lot of stress during those times and probably experiencing more muscle aches and tensions. I just find it fascinating that it always happens after I've recovered mostly instead of happening during. The reason I bring those flare-ups up is because I typically will also experience the emotional effects of those flare-ups. They normally come with a lot of anxiety. I get sucked back into the doom mentality of feeling like I'm going to be stuck like that forever, of feeling really frustrated with the universe and angry that it's happening to me, just feeling all sorts of emotions and really vulnerable. That's a good word to use because, again, that's obviously a very intimate part of the body. And when I'm experiencing that pain, a lot of times I'll feel like I have to go to the bathroom way more frequently. I have a hard time even making it to the bathroom. I'm not going to lie. I have peed my pants a few times um, during these flare-ups. It's kind of embarrassing, but also kind of funny. I'm just really grateful that it has never happened in public. So there's there's some gratitude for you. And so now we finally get to the present day where I am currently having a pelvic floor flare-up. This is the first time I've had one of these guys since the beginning of the year. I had a flare-up after I had COVID at the beginning of the year. And I just got over a little cold, which is interesting to me. I thought it was allergies, but I do th- I do think now that I'm feeling better that it was, in fact, a cold or some sort of like mild flu. Um, I never got really, really sick. It was just mild, like I said. So I don't know if it's connected to that. There are some other things that may have contributed. I'm not going to get into it because it's you know, but I am feeling really freaking proud of myself, you guys, because through this flare up, I have been the most mentally, emotionally sound that I have ever been during one of these flare ups. I've definitely had some moments where it's like really the pain is like severe, but I know exactly what to do now to help give myself some relief. You know, it's Like I said, every time I have one of these flare-ups, it normally takes a couple of weeks to like re-regulate my system. I have to do regular check-ins to make sure I'm not holding tension in my body. I'll be sitting at my desk and more often than not, if I check in, I will be holding tension either in my glutes or in my stomach. And something that's really helpful for me is putting a hot water bottle on my stomach while I'm sitting and doing work that really helps to keep me relaxed. Uh, Like I said, I was just on the floor But it was more of a cathartic release kind of howling at the universe. And I was just really approaching it from a sense with a sense of humor instead of from that doom and gloom mentality of just like, oh, like this is so annoying. Like not even getting at it from a a perspective of like, I'm so anxious that this is never gonna go away. More of just like really relishing in the present moment being like frustrated and irritated, but not letting it bring me down. You know what I mean? Like letting those emotions flow through me, doing my stretches, rolling out on this little foam ball that I have to release some muscle tension, using my hot water bottle, just sit like laying on the floor because a lot of times being on the floor when I'm having these flare-ups is really helpful because it's really grounding and there's lots of like hip opener positions you can do. So I don't necessarily think that my pelvic 
health challenges stem entirely from stress and anxiety. I do think that there are environmental contributors and any sort of illness, any sort of musculoskeletal challenges I've had, they all contribute. But I think stress and anxiety are number one at the top of that list of what is causing these flare-ups. So even if you're not dealing with pelvic health issues specifically, but you either have chronic neck or chronic shoulder, back pain, um, like migraines and headaches, any sort of pain that's constant in your body, I believe that stress and anxiety are more than likely than not playing a big role. Even if your pain is the residual effect of an acute injury, chances are there's a lot that you can do just by minimizing stress and anxiety to reframe your perspective of pain and to relieve some of that tension and pain. Let me rewind just a bit because I know I said that there were some obvious physical cues that I believe contributed to this current flare-up and contribute to my flare-ups in general, but I want to approach this from a more emotional, spiritual perspective because I have had some pretty profound realizations and lessons handed to me recently. I want to explain what has been happening in my brain and body. Let me first shout out this creator I just discovered. I believe she's a life coach, um, but she is such a badass. Her name is Farrah Lux, and she's on YouTube. And I found this video because she popped up on my recommended, and the title is You Need to Be Triggered by Me. I am your mirror. And, you know, this is a beautiful Barbie, gorgeous girl. And I am obsessed with her. She puts it like it is, straight how it is, honey. Does not beat around the bush. Tells you things that are probably going to make you uncomfortable or that you don't want to hear. You may look at her and think like, of course you have an amazing life and of course you get everything you want. Look at the look at you. But she talks a lot about how it does not matter how you look. You can be treated completely differently by people depending on what energy you're putting out there. It does not matter what you look like. I mean, think about how there are these very plain average looking people I don't mean that to sound mean at all like I would probably lump myself into that category not in a bad way but just you know like a realistic way anyways there are these people who they still have other people like on a leash they can get anything they want and not in a mean or manipulative way just in that they radiate that confidence and that attraction and they're a magnet to success. And it is a thousand percent possible for anybody to become that charismatic person that they want to be. And how do you do it? Well, it involves pulling back a lot of layers, which as you might imagine, can be quite uncomfortable, but we got to do what we got to do. And not everybody is going to be on this path, but if you are listening to this podcast, chances are you are on this past path and you recognize that you are going to need to feel uncomfortable at certain points in order to overcome these hurdles and really grow and see growth. There's no way to grow without feeling a little bit of discomfort. And the key here is to not shy away from the discomfort. In fact, you need to have a standoff with your triggers. You need to stare your triggers face to face and and figure out what they are so that you can discover within yourself what needs to be worked on and what needs to be healed. So in this video that Fairlux does, she says that when she did real, had this realization, she said to the universe, show me my triggers, show me what my triggers are, hand them all to me because I want to learn what needs to be worked on inside of me. And shoot, that hit me. That hit me real hard because I realized that I so frequently 
try and push away and try and run away and try and avoid and try and push off. And I, I didn't realize how much I was doing this until I heard her say this. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Right. So that day I said that to the universe. I said, show me my triggers. And y'all, if I had to pick my top three triggers, y'all know hypertonic pelvic floor flare up would be would be up there they would definitely be in there and so I find it really interesting that literally the next day was when I started having symptoms I feel though this has been really transformative for me in a lot of ways and that I am definitely getting what I asked for from the universe and showing me my triggers but it is showing me that through every experience that I have with my health and every like flare-up I just get stronger and stronger, more resilient mentally and better at coping and getting through those challenges with the toolbox that I have been building for myself. And what this all really comes back to is a gratitude practice and feeling grateful that I've had the experiences that I've had and that I have access to the educational resources and to providers such as a pelvic floor physical therapist and to all of the creators and teachers and therapists and yada yada who have helped me on this journey to develop a stronger mindset and more than anything gratitude towards myself and my strength and and feeling thankful that I have this internal wisdom that it just takes a little bit of peeling back layers to find and it takes some facing your triggers to find. I have been pretty consistent in my gratitude practice, especially over these past few months because I've been using my five-minute journal every day, but you don't need a special journal to do this. You don't even have to write anything down if you don't want to. I find it is more effective if you're writing things down and saying things out loud, but even just thinking them in your head is better than nothing at all. So I make an effort every single night to write down at least three things that I feel grateful for. If I can do it in the morning as well, even better. Saying it out loud, like I said, also is really impactful. And no matter what challenges you're going through and obstacles you're facing in your life, I guarantee you have something to be grateful for. Just the fact that you're listening to this podcast tells me you have access to internet, you have access to some piece of technology, some device that is allowing you to listen to this. And a huge percentage of the population does not have access to that. So that in itself is something to be grateful for. It's really easy to take for granted things in your life that seem really simple and mundane and like food and water and a shelter. And I'm guilty of this myself and like the people in our lives, we take them for granted because we're so used to having them. We don't always think about how if those things were taken away from us, we would really struggle. Even just our ability to walk or our ability to see and smell and use our senses. When you lose access to one of those things, it makes you realize how much you took it for granted and how much you wish you could have shown your appreciation and your gratitude more in your life for the things and the blessings that you had. And even if you are missing one of those things, such as a sense or, you know, you've have a sprained ankle and you can't walk, you don't have to dwell on the fact that you don't have 
X, you can just focus on that you have Y and Z and A and B, C, D, et cetera, et cetera. And by focusing on the positive and focusing on the good things that are in our lives, we will attract more of that into our life. It's the law of attraction, baby. And of course, it's not always easy to do this. That's why a lot of people stay stuck in a negative mindset where they are only thinking about the bad things happening. I've certainly been there at many points in my life, quite recently, to be honest. It's it's a phase that ebbs and flows. All we can do is our best, right? So by forcing ourselves, though, into a consistent gratitude practice, we can build that into our system so that it just comes naturally. We don't even have to think about it, right? And if you have any doubt as to whether or not a gratitude practice will improve your quality of life, just look at the research. Look at the science. Several studies now, like kind of an overwhelming amount of research, is showing how beneficial gratitude is for all aspects of your health, your physical health, your psychological health, your social health, spiritual health, and more. Physically, you'll have a stronger immune system. You'll be less bothered by aches and pains. Your blood pressure will likely drop. And you're also just more likely to take steps and actions that are going to better your health. So developing those more productive habits such as self-care and exercise and eating better and doing your skincare, sleeping better. Psychologically, you are much more likely to have positive emotions on a regular basis and a consistent basis. It's likely to just become second nature. You will likely feel more alert, alive, and awake, more energized, generally optimistic. Also, in social settings, you're more likely to feel empathetic towards others, which leads to more compassion, generosity, and just going out of your way to do helpful things for people. And you will likely feel a lot less lonely and isolated, and you'll feel like you are part of a community when you are focusing on all the people that are in your life. Even if you feel like your circle is small and you don't have that big of a friend group or family or whatever, there likely is at least one person in your life who you trust and can rely on and lo- and feel loved by. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I've been feeling a little uh, socially challenged when it comes to making meaningful connections with people recently. And I, I think that that is just something that kind of comes with your 20s, being out of college. It moving to a new place for my in my situation um but I have never been closer with my family I have my partner and my cats and my mom who I talk to all the time my dad who I talk to all the time my sisters my grandma and I mean just there's so many people in my life who I know I can call and will always be there for me and that feels amazing and so good and Honestly, like as nice as it would be to have some other friends and like I do have other friends, but, um, you know, there's not, there isn't that person who I'm like talking to every single day or hanging out with every single day. And I, I do, again, like I said, I think that's just, that comes with aging and becoming an adult. There's nothing wrong with it. I think at some point I will do an episode on friendships in your twenties and navigating that, um, 
I'm just still learning myself, so it might be a little bit down the road. Having a gratitude practice really helps us to celebrate the present moment, which at the end of the day, that's all we have, you guys, is the present. The past and the future, they don't exist. Get them out of here. It really grounds us into our current circumstances, though, and finding the positive aspects of our current circumstances. And it generally just magnifies the simple pleasures of life. Like, I am so grateful to have this big glass of clean water in front of me right now and some lovely candles that I can light and set a nice ambiance and the sounds of my partner playing video games and clicking his keyboards beside me because it just tells me that's my person right there and I'm not alone here. I have somebody who I feel so safe with and I know loves me and will never judge me and, you know, wants to work through challenges with me. Gratitude also just boosts your confidence. You will likely have a much higher sense of self-worth when you practice gratitude. And like I, this kind of goes back to being grateful for yourself Um, saying positive affirmations in the morning. I am thankful that I have a working body that can move. I am grateful that I have beautiful blue eyes. I am grateful that I am tall and don't have to ask people to get things down for me from high up places ever. Um, You know, just it can be silly. Like it doesn't have to be serious for it to be something that you're grateful for. So if you're having a really hard day and and you maybe aren't feeling grateful for much because you're just kind of feeling like, what's the point? Using this gratitude practice can, again, pull you back into the present and help you just refocus your attention onto what's good that you do have. Like I love my bed on a sad, hard day. It's so comfy. I have a nice like memory foam foam pillow and I feel nice and supported. I have my Himalayan salt lamp that can just create a more peaceful atmosphere. As you can see, I'm really big on setting good vibes in a space. And I am just so grateful that I have the access to do that. And I am grateful that I can cook myself healthy meals every day. And I'm grateful that I, there's just so many things, you know, and I'm just trying to give you ideas for what sort of things you can write down when you're having a hard time because it doesn't have to be so big and serious for you to be grateful for it. And again, I mentioned I use a journal for my gratitude practice, but there are so many ways to mix it up and make it more fun for yourself. You can write down something once a day on a piece of paper, put it in a jar. At the end of the year, you read them all. Or you can have a gratitude session a gratitude recap with your partner or a friend or a family member just get on a phone if you don't have them in person and share a couple of things you were grateful about that day or you can have a big poster board or a big chalkboard or something that you just write one new thing on it every day so that you're just looking at this giant piece of art of all of the things that you have to be grateful for I haven't tried that myself but it could be really cool You could also write yourself a letter to your present self from your future self talking about all the things that you're currently grateful for and how you're they're so grateful like your future self is so grateful for all of the steps that your present self took to get to this point in the future that acts as kind of a two-in-one manifestation and gratitude practice but honestly they're all so closely linked and overlapping anyways they're kind of the same thing 
I would say that when you're manifesting something, you want to use the same kind of language that you would use for a gratitude practice. So if I'm trying to manifest um, a bigger podcast following, I would say to myself and write down in my journal, I am so thankful for my my growing large podcast audience community. I don't know. Something like that. You get the idea. If you want to go a little deeper, this kind of falls in line with facing your triggers. You can actually meditate on a recent event that was negative for you, or you can even go further and visualize a really negative situation or like the more most horrific thing that you can imagine. This sounds a little counterintuitive, but I've done it before and it actually is super helpful because then you realize that you're not in that place and you can appreciate all of the wonderful, beautiful things that you have in this present moment. This one is a little more advanced, I will say, because if you are dealing with a lot of anxiety at the present and you're still but you still find yourself avoiding triggers and running away from triggers, this might not be for you unless you're really just trying to go all in. I mean, it will help rocket launch you into the future of your growth, I will say. So it just depends on how how ready you are to, to, like I said, stand off with those triggers, baby. And I'm going to be real with you. The sooner that you can say fuck it and dive into the deep end of your fears, the sooner that you are going to see real transformative results and real change. I won't lie, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to potentially be painful and it's potentially going to get worse before it gets better. But this is how we grow. Like I said earlier in the episode, this path, this journey is not for everybody. It is not for the faint of heart, but you are not of the faint of heart, are you? No, you're ready to see growth. You're ready to see success. You're ready to attract abundance. You are ready for all of the things that you know and have known through your whole life that you came to this earth to have and to give. So with that, I wish you a very wonderful, gratitude-filled rest of your week. I am going to be out of town later this week and I'm super grateful for that because I'm going to the mountains and I have a whole wardrobe. I actually just got to go through some clothes with my grandmother of my grandpa's this past weekend and I got so many amazing sweaters and jackets and honestly I knew he always had good style but I didn't realize just how much his style aligned with my style and we have similar coloring too so it all looks great on me and it's super special because, you know, obviously he's gone now and it's just something to remember him by. And I love that. So I'm going to leave you and I'm going to stop talking. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. Until next time. Au revoir. Mwah. Thank you so much for joining me this week in the safe space of the Wellness Wave podcast. If you would like to support me and my show, I would be so grateful if you left a Spotify or iTunes review, followed me on my social channels at Slock Sounds or at the Wellness Wave Pod, or shared with a friend or family member who you know would infinitely benefit from listening. Until next Monday, have a beautiful week with the intention of creating waves.